Welcome to PackSafe's Legal Department of the Future podcast. I'm PackSafe founder and CEO, Brian Powers. As an attorney who's ventured into the tech world, I'm always looking for ways to fuse the legal and tech spaces together. In this podcast, I sat down with Walker Lockhart, former Amazon legal counsel, former Nordstrom director of product, and current EVP of e-commerce at Sugar Mountain. Tune in as I chat with Walker on his journey from product manager to attorney, and how the metrics-driven culture at Amazon helped shape the innovative and technology-embracing culture in its legal department. All right, so Walker, thanks for thanks for joining us on the podcast. Uh, why don't we start by just hearing, you know, it'd be great to hear about your background. You have a very interesting career arc, um, starting in a completely different role at Amazon, then moving to legal, and then now moving on to the startup world. I think it'd be a, a great story to tell everybody. Uh, sure. Thank you. And thank you for having me on um, your podcast. The, Absolutely. Yeah. My, my story arc is um, for my career uh, definitely has some, some zigs and zags to it, but um, I moved to Seattle in 1996. I knew I wanted to get into technology. And so, um, I didn't have a job at the time. I was just out of college, um, but I, wa- I knew I wanted to position myself uh, for a career in technology. Um, the, I, was, I was searching around, and I found this unique little startup uh, actually in the back of uh, a newspaper in the classified section of all things, and, um, and, I, and I got a job as, uh, as a customer service representative um, at amazon.com I had to ask um, I, I really was very green um, I didn't know I didn't know very much I knew that this is a, a path I wanted to take and so I just um, I let it take me where I where my interests were and Amazon was growing at the time so fast that um, a lot of us that were there in those early days were able to explore really a, just a ton of different um, job opportunities. And I, I, I really think that it was uh, one of the best educations and, and opportunities uh, that has ever been presented to me. Um, for me, that, that career path took me to product management and launching, building and solving customer problems with technology. That uh, really interested me. And uh, and, and that's where that's where I ended up going. And so I, I got some uh, I was able to work on some patented uh, technology and um, get introduced to that that process while I was there at Amazon and uh, launch a whole bunch of really cool features and stores um, as Amazon was rapidly ex- expanding in the late 90s. Fast forward a couple of years, uh, you have the, the dot com. Uh, crash and everybody's like, oh, okay. You know, I knew that I wanted to go to grad school and um, it was something that, you know, I was told (laughs) my family was very clear. You should go to grad school. I come from a long, lots of lawyers and doctors and in my family. And, and so it was really never presented to me as an option not to do it. So um, I, uh, I left Amazon and I went to law school, and um, and so that was in you know early 2000s, and uh, I loved law school. It was great, and 
and while I was there, I explored a bunch of different uh, career paths in law uh, and settled on um, transactional law and corporate law. And I had an opportunity to go back to Amazon as an intern. Um, I fell in love with that and, and really had a great time in the, in the Amazon legal department um, and uh, really kind of cut my teeth as one of the, the first folks that they'd ever hired directly out of law school um, in the legal department. Um, some might say that was a, a good move. Some people thought it was, a, some might say it was a bad move because you didn't get that legal law, law firm training. But um, uh, I did that for a number of years. And then uh, at a certain point, I, I lost, or I didn't lose interest in the law, but I really started getting pulled in a direction of technology again. Amazon was trying to solve and figure out how do, how do we make our legal department more and more efficient and use technology. And given my background as a product manager um, turned lawyer, I... I uh, was tapped for a number of those particular projects. The funny thing that happened along the way is that I realized how much I missed working directly in technology, not as an advisor or as a as a as a lawyer to technologists, but as a as a as a technologist, you know, practicing. And um, so that's what led me to kind of reevaluate my decision to to be a lawyer. Um, I, I'm still very thankful for my, my legal training and, and law background, but um, I'm also very uh, happy that I moved back into uh, a product management role. And now, um, so I was at Nordstrom for a few years. I was director of product management there. And then I had an opportunity to uh, lead a startup. So really end-to-end, uh, -end, uh, own the entire experience end-to-end. Uh, and that's where I am currently working for a small startup uh, today. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's interesting. I think uh, you and I have very similar uh, spiraling crazy paths in and out of the legal field. Uh, so what... Uh, right. My, well, my, my joke is always, I, I always wanted to be a, a former attorney. And... Uh, so you have you had to be an attorney first before you can actually c claim to be a, a former lawyer. So, <laughs> yep, that's right. Well, and hey, you got to uh, um, you, you you skipped the entire law firm experience altogether. So, good for you. Yeah. With, yes. So so tell me about that. What what was it like? Um, really, be trained to be a lawyer in-house at Amazon without, you know, that really valuable law firm training that most attorneys get in some fashion? Well, I think it was difficult and um, I'll explain. Um, there, the, the mentorship uh, that you get at the law firm and um, that was something that's built into the law firm, law firm culture and um, is, is, it's, it's part of, it's, it's part of almost like an apprenticeship as you, as you kind of cut your teeth. Um, that became, 
at first I didn't realize that that was something that was, I was missing until I really became close with a number of attorneys that were there. And they, they really pointed out that this is something that, that's really missing. And so some of them took me under their wing and, and really started to, we forged those relationships. And with 2020 hindsight, um, if I, I now realize just how important that is and I'm, I'm ex exceptionally thankful for those people, um, those attorneys that, that brought me under their wing and, and provided me, you know, the training. Yeah, everybody at an in-house, in-house at, at, a, at a company like Amazon's, you know, running around at 100 miles an hour. And so, for some of these people to realize, and then not just realize, but uh, you know, take me under their wing, uh, it, it's it's something that I always remember. And um, and now, um. Uh, and now I'm a huge fan of mentorship programs, and so it really taught me a lot about mentorship programs and 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 their value um, to you know all different types of of work. That's great. Yeah, uh, you're you're pretty fortunate to get that. I don't know that that always happens. Let's talk about that experience at Amazon um, beyond the mentorship. Like what did it, what did your day to day look like? What sort of issues were you tackling for Amazon as in house counsel there? Uh, the day to day is really around. Uh, it, it is a client focused uh, organization. Uh, we call you know our in house partners clients, and so or we called them that, and um, and it was really a, it was a service based organization. The, the Amazon legal department is structured uh, based on the, the structure of the, the larger organization. Um, and so, you know, you had, you know, if the retail division is, is divided up into categories, like you have a vice president of books, well, you're going to have a legal counsel that is uh, responsible uh, for the, the book business. So you might be uh, responsible for that. And I worked with that team. Um, and it, and it, and you really, there, it wasn't always one-to-one, -one, but uh, almost every single vice president at Amazon, they had a, a legal director that supported them. And um, the, the other, I guess the, the, the other key difference would be that the, the legal department sat together as a, as a single unit. Um, and in other words, they were not embedded into the teams themselves. Uh, Amazon's finance department is embedded with the teams. And so they sit with the teams, they, they, they work with them on a day-to-day -day basis, but the legal team sits together as a, as a group. And I, I think that was really important because it did create this uh, collegiality that, uh, you could walk down the hall, ask a question, hey, how would you deal with this? I've never seen this before, that kind of thing. And that was, so you weren't just out there on your own. Your day-to-day -day really varied. Um, uh, oftentimes, uh, the Amazon business is moving at the speed of light. And so, really, uh, your day-to-day -day was uh, getting deals done and interfacing with your clients and making sure that they had every single thing that they needed. Um, 
in order to get things done. Um, in an environment like that, you, you have to be exceptionally disciplined in order to, you know, because if, if, you're, if your business is moving as fast as Amazon, it's, it's the, the tendency is that uh, you, you play a completely reactionary game. And if you do that, then you're never going to move the ball forward and accomplish, you know, some of the things that, you know, things like PackSafe, you wouldn't be able to even have a conversation with somebody uh, about PackSafe if you are, uh, you're constantly just listening to your client, what do they need, what do they need, what do they need. So you have to be very strategic, carve out time out of your day in order to, uh, you know, kind of accomplish some of your larger goals. Okay, so that's really interesting, Walker. Um, how did you do that? Like, walk me through what building that type of discipline into your approach looks like. Because I think you're right, you know, and, and even in private practice, uh, there's a tendency to just be reactionary to what, you know, the clients need. Um, so I'd be curious how you built that discipline in. And then, you know, as the follow-up question to that, really how does, uh, how did, how could technology come into play there, right? Like how would you think ahead to solving some of these problems with a company like Amazon that moves so fast, right? How, like how did you do that? Uh, so I, I would say that, that had, that's a function, Brian, of leadership. And and goal setting, um, as so if my if if my you know legal vice president says you know hey you you need to both you need to do both things you need to do both serve your client and and have a great relationship with them and and help them get a you know score a bunch of business wins at the same time. I need you to become more efficient and drive these particular goals. Um, you know, the, that's, that became the forcing function, I think, for a lot of us that were there. And we started to say, okay, great. And then at a certain point, the constraints that you're put on start, the, the constraints of all of that really start to, A, they create a, a great discipline um in the culture and you really start to decide what's important what's not important um our former general counsel um michelle wilson used to call it uh brutal prioritization and i still think that that's that's something that's a phrase i've used in my and i still use today because i think it's really apt you just have to really uh, focus on the absolute most important things. And I think really successful people are, are, are very good at that. But uh, so in, the, in terms of focusing on something you know, like a technology solution to solve your, your sort of every day, um, it, it really is about that discipline. And that discipline comes from leadership that makes it a priority, and, but also gives you the air cover with your clients um, and to uh, to focus on those things as you, as you try to accomplish those goals. I, I've, I've never heard this one before. Um, at least that approach. It's just it's it's interesting to hear you say that the, the, you know that this is a, a leadership thing, and and I think that's common in a 
in lots of other business areas and really like even in the startup world, right? Like it's, uh, you know, setting goals and, and, and having that be a leadership driven thing is pretty common, but it's, it's rare that, that I hear that from uh, when we're talking to people like you about that being, you know, an edict in a way for, uh, for leaders and in-house count or in-house legal departments to do this. That's fascinating. Um, so let's yeah. see. Well, well, so yeah, a little bit more on that. I, I wasn't in the room for this, but there was a, there were enough people that were there that I've, I've heard this story. Um, and it was, um, it's a little anecdote, but it, Amazon is run by what's called the S team. And it, it these are, basically Jeff Bezos's direct reports or, uh, or people who have been at the company for a very long time. These are the senior leaders um, at Amazon. And all of them have uh, you know, goals, whether it's number of new customers and, and you know, sales, et cetera, gross targets and things like that. And um, so at, at one point, and as they were discussing that, you know, the general counsel is also part of the S team. And one of the other leaders asked, hey, um, why is it, why doesn't legal have some sort of, you know, targets and goals and, and, and you know, Amazon being a famously metrics driven company, you know, everybody kind of just craned their head over and said, yeah, why not? That makes sense. And so really it started to drive this, this culture of driving towards metrics and it fit with Amazon because they were very good at knowing how to do that. And the legal team, because they sit in on some of the, you know, the meetings with all their, their business partners, they understand that culture very well too. And so I think it was a natural step for Amazon to, to manage a legal department uh, more as a, as, a, as a true business unit than as a traditional legal department, which seems somewhat oftentimes ivory tower and insulated from the, the business day-to-day -day in other corporations. I guess now that you describe it that way, not surprising that Amazon uh, takes that approach to how it runs and measures its legal department. So, so did the legal department actually have, was there actually a, a metrics driven, um, system in place to, to you know, were, were the, this, these goals that you were setting were actually quantified or was it more? They were, they were on the road when I was there and when I left in 2014, they were well on their way to developing that. Um, so it was relatively new at that time, but um, in 2012, 2013, 2014, they, the, that department was well on its way. And I think that that also applied to some of the other uh, units, you know, HR and, uh, you know, accounting divisions, all, you know, kind of all those uh, back office uh, divisions uh, started to be measured that way. And uh, so it was relatively new, but um, yes, you're, there are targets that we want to hit and things that we, you know, there's the day to day and then there's, you know, making the company more efficient and, and driving it 
the, the culture at Amazon is to innovate and, and um, the Amazon legal culture uh, was also um, given that same goal and that same, those same marching orders. It didn't matter what department you're in. If you, if you, if you were an innovator um, and you wanted to uh, bring innovation to, uh, to the table, uh, you were in the right place. Let's switch gears here a little bit. You, you mentioned before that you know, the, the, the product management background put you in a position um, ultimately where, you know, you were, you were involved in a bunch of different legal tech type projects uh, that really, it, it sounds like that move, it's, it, it, it was weighted heavily towards the product side versus the legal side. Can you walk us through that a little bit? Kind of what what that looked like for you? A product manager or a, a, a product mindset in a legal setting is really it's 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 very interesting, and you there's there's a number of challenges. One of the challenges I would say is that a product manager or product manager mindset is one of experimentation. Uh, empathy and being open to uh, being open to answers that are not uh, on their face right in front of you. You've, if you juxtapose that with the legal profession, which is based on expertise, uh, professional acumen, and uh, and and having knowing the right answer and, and being the expert in something. Those two worlds somewhat collide and they're, and they're uh, antithetical to one another in that a, a, a legalist, a, a, per, someone trained in law will someone, somewhat be prescriptive uh, for a solution where somebody trained in a product management in product management will not be prescriptive. They'll be experimental and they'll try to figure out over time, uh, you know, using methodologies like, um, you know, minimum viable product testing uh, and things like that to figure out what the right thing is. Um, so a lawyer or a legal staff would oftentimes come in and say, this is what we need to do. And this is what the system will look like or, and, and it's very prescriptive. Um, when really what they need to do is, is really test and, 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 and launch little bits of things and figure it out along the way, sort of in a, I would say, you know, choose your methodology, lean startup, um, agile or something like that. But, you know, Putting little bits out of it out there and testing your way into solutions uh, that are going to work for both the legal department and for your client. Uh, so anyway, that, you know, to sum up, there that the one that's one of the main issues is that the usually your top brass of a legal department don't have that mindset or that training, even in, even at a place like Amazon because they came from a law firm culture. Do you have any advice to give, you know, to legal departments or leaderships inside of legal departments that want to really figure out a way to, to innovate, um, 
you know, keep up with the business, whether it's using technology or not? Do you have any good advice there, at least a, a, a good approach that they could take? The advice I would give to a, a, a legal team executive uh, is it, who, uh, that person who wants to implement technology, accomplish their goals, and, and provide better client services, forge a relationship, whether it's a contract, uh, a consultant, or a contractor, form a relationship with a technologist who's, uh, who's well-versed in developing technologies uh, I would be very wary of anyone who comes in and, and says they have all the answers and a solution that's going to fit perfectly for your, solu for your, for your company. It's going to work with you to understand the problems that you're trying to solve at a, at a very deep level. And then that technologist is going to be able to apply technology to that for those particular problems. If they come in with a solution that's already baked, they may have that, but really finding somebody who's going to listen and try to deeply understand those problems, I'd say is the, the number one advice in picking someone that you're going to, that you're going to work with. The other thing is that, uh, the other piece of advice is that, um, and this is sometimes hard for, for attorneys, but you, you have to bring a great deal of humility to the situation and understand that while the, the technology solution has a legal component, uh, this is likely not your area of expertise. And so there's going to have to be this humility that comes with it uh, in order to, um, you're gonna have to check your humility at the door um, and trust that, trust that person, which, Again, that's why you need to find someone that you trust kind of unequivocally. Walker, this has been great. Really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Thank you very much uh, for the opportunity. And I am uh, I'm a big fan of yours, as you know, and I am honored that you asked me to be on it. Thank you. Thanks for saying that. Thanks, Walker.